Hey, everybody, welcome to Making Sense with Dustin Lamontang from Research Capital. My name is Bryn Griffiths. He's Dustin. How are you doing today? Hey, real good, Bryn. How's yourself? Fine, thank you. Well, we got to talk about it because everybody's talking about it and with good reason, and that is the war in Ukraine. Where do we start on this one from a financial standpoint, Dustin? Well, from a financial standpoint, I think it uh, it impacts uh, pretty much everything worldwide. I mean, uh, Russian is uh, Russia is such a large exporter of uh, of natural resources, right? So, um, when we're talking about uh, this war, the the primary uh, tool that the West has to you know try and punish Russia or or to fight back is uh, since since they've basically uh, told Ukraine they're on their own other than a bit of uh, you know equipment support uh, they're they're imposing massive sanctions on uh, Russia and uh, of course this is going to pr- you know dr- drive the price of uh, primary primarily energy up. Um, but also, uh, you know, things you wouldn't expect like agricultural supplies and uh, agricultural commodities, things like nickel, where Russia is a huge, huge uh, exporter, right? So, um, but but when you when you look at the impact on energy, um, I figured before this this all happened that if uh, if the U.S. or or Europe was to ban Russian energy ex- exports, which it, it, they total around seven million barrels a day. Um, uh, oil equivalent uh, that that prices uh, would go to 150 overnight. And uh, a couple of days ago, they touched one just shy of 140 US uh, a barrel for uh, for Brent crude. So I'm not far off in my prediction, but um, I, I think prices are going to creep higher from here because there, there's really no uh, spare barrels right now in, in the world. You, you know, you know. There's desperate times when they're starting to talk to Iran and Venezuela um, to see if they can start getting oil from those, uh, which, which in themselves are oppressive regimes, right? So, um, but the the biggest impact is going to be on Europe. I mean, Europe gets uh, a huge percentage of their their energy. I think it's about thirty five percent from uh, from Russia, and in particular Germany. Um, Germany's higher. I, I saw numbers that they're notably higher than 30%. So yeah, they, they're no, the ones it, that are exactly. going to feel it the biggest, right? Um, so you've, you've got a couple of pipelines that run through uh, from Russia to Europe. And, and the, the old one is uh, called Nordstrom 1. And that runs directly through Ukraine, which brings Russian gas, of course, uh, uh, to, to uh, you know, Poland, Russia, um you know, Spain, France, Italy, uh, basically all of Europe. And then there's uh, Nordstrom 2, which is the big uh, line going uh, over the Baltic Sea to Germany from Russia, which uh, which is not, um, uh, you know, not up and running uh, to full capacity. Um, and, and so you, you've got this situation where the Europeans have uh, really relied on Russia for their energy needs. And, and of course, Putin took you know, huge advantage of this. Um, he, he knows that uh, Europe can't shut off Russian gas. Uh, they, they may stop importing oil and, and get the oil from somewhere else momentarily, but in the middle of winter, you just can't shut off the heat to, you know, 600 million people. So uh, I think it's quite interesting what's going on. I feel really bad for, for of course, the people in Ukraine. I, I mean, they're just innocent bystanders in, in, uh, and all of this uh, geopolitics going on. Yeah. Um, but if, if you look at the impact on, on the uh, commodity pricing here at home, um, 
you know, j- just this past week, uh, London shut down uh, nickel trading because the prices of nickel doubled uh, in two days. Uh, I-, I never thought I'd see, you know, $30, $40 a pound for nickel, but here we are. Um, and, and of course, even if, even if prices drop in half again and nickel remains at $20 a pound, that's still historically, uh, you know, over double what, what it should be on average, even inflation adjusted. So you're going to start seeing, um, uh, even more inflation because of this, uh, Russian invasion of Ukraine. And, uh, it, it's going to have impacts on uh, a lot of different sectors. We'll we'll talk about that in, in some subsequent podcasts, but, um, if, if you look at uh, just the U.S., um, they import uh, roughly 600,000 barrels a day of crude from, from Russia. Okay. Which is a little over, uh, they, they use 22 million barrels a day. So you're, you're talking, uh, you know, 5% of their supply. Uh, I think the U.S. will be able to, to make that up. Uh, the, the primary worry is, uh, you know, the, the gas and, and I'm sure once uh, spring rolls around, Europe will, will uh, have a big sigh of relief because uh, temperatures will, um, you know, obviously warm up and they won't be so reliant on, uh, on that Russian energy. This has been a huge swing, though, inside the past, well, 30 days. You know, when we were talking in February, there had been these rumbles of this uh, altercation and then all of a sudden it just happened, and now we've just watched things go through the roof, gas prices here in Canada. We're going to feel the pinch here, right? Oh, with, without a doubt. You're, you're seeing already, I think this morning, uh, as we're recording, uh, gas in, in Vancouver was over uh, $2.10 a litre. Yeah. Um, gas in, in Edmonton is buck fifty-five. So uh, I, I think if... Uh, you know, we, we start to get tighter supplies. You could you could actually see, uh, you know, probably $3 gas at some point in, in Canada per litre. Um, that wouldn't be a stretch. Sorry, no, sorry, hang on a second. Can you just tell me that again? How much? Yeah, $3 per litre. Okay, I just, I, I thought that's what you said. I just wanted to, just wanted to make sure because I just couldn't believe it. It's pretty yeah, crazy. I mean, commodities are commodities are very famous for going too far one way or the other, right? They can yeah. get real expensive or, or real cheap on the downside. Uh, like we saw oil during the start of the pandemic was negative $40 a barrel. So um, I, I don't think oil is going to stay up at uh, 130, 140 US a barrel, but certainly for the time being, uh, everything is going to get a lot more expensive. And I do think this, uh, this is uh, the beginning of uh, what we would call or refer to as a commodity super cycle. So uh, I guess I guess stay tuned to see how uh, things transpire. Yeah, I don't even know where to go here. There are some people who say that it's unfortunate that people are taking advantage of somebody's misfortune or a war, but the world has always worked this way, has it not? Somebody's always yeah, there I to mean, step in. You look at... Uh, I, I think this is this is very an unusual situation because you've got a, a dictator, and I'll call Putin a dictator, of course, because that's exactly how he's behaving. Um, you, you you haven't had one sort of go out on a limb like this or on a rampage that that has access to uh, you know the nuclear arsenal um, of Russia. Right. So you, you've had other dictators before, but they they've uh, you know had had access to conventional military weapons. Um, nu- nuclear is a, a whole different ball of wax, of course, yep. and let's hope that, uh, they, they never go there, but there's, there's always that risk, right? Yep. So I think that's why the, the world is putting such, uh, 
severe sanctions on Russia. And it, it wouldn't surprise me five years down the road from now if Russia looks a lot like Cuba. Um, I think they're going to box them out economically. And, uh, you know, they're not going to sell them cars. They're not going to sell them soda pop. No cruise ships will dock in St. Petersburg. Um, it, it's, you know, Russia's going to have to be self-sufficient uh, or they're going to have to find some trading partners like Iran and China, um, which, which, uh, which is fine, but they're not going to get those consumer goods that uh, they've been accustomed to. On a follow-up podcast, we'll talk about sanctions and sector uh, sanctions sectors to watch coming up. But just kind of an overview on everything here. When you get into a situation like this with the war in Ukraine, for you and for people who are investing, this uh, this requires a little more attention, does it not? Yeah, and you know what? I, I don't change my my thesis. I've been talking about. Uh, you know, the, the underinvestment in commodities uh, for the last decade in, in metals and mining and oil and gas uh, leading to a commodity uh, super cycle. And, and that's unfolding uh, just at supersonic speed right now because of what's going on in Russia. Um, but I, I'm still quite bullish uh, over the next couple of years on, on mining and oil and gas. Um, there's a few certainties in investing, and one is uh, – if, if one sector or, uh, you know, stock or um, group of stocks in a sector underperforms for a significant period of time, you, you can bet that at some point uh, that sector will will come back, especially if the goods and services in that said sector are still needed. And of course, uh, energy, oil and gas, uh, natural gas, we're, we're still going to need for decades to come. So. Okay. Well, uh, obviously we're going to talk more about this over the next little while, but let's, uh, let's tell people how they can get a hold of you if they have any questions about what's going on right now. Sure. You may call on my, uh, my cell phone, 780-905-7729, or uh, my email is dlamontang at researchcapital.com. And of course you can check out the website, which is researchcapital.com. Hey, Dustin, thanks for your time today. We're watching carefully to see how this entire situation goes. And obviously, we're thinking of a lot of people at this time. Uh, Thanks for your time today. Thanks, Brent. All right. Thanks for listening to Making Sense. Have yourself a great day.